And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Folks, we've got a great show for you planned. Uh, Paul McGuire. That's right, Paul McGuire. From paulmcguire.us. You know Paul McGuire. If you don't, get ready. Oh, man, it's going to be one of those shows. I can feel it. I can feel the electricity right now. That's probably because I'm sitting on my stun gun. No, 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 no. Just uh, not really. But... uh Although that, that that has happened before, and uh, it's unpleasant, let me just tell you that. Now, we, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight, folks. Welcome to Hagman and Hagman. Welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our, our website's hagmanandhagman.com, hagmanreport.com. Our YouTube channel, where you can watch us live each and every weeknight. The official Hagman and Hagman Report, uh, Team K9. Just go to hagmanandhagman.com and, and subscribe because it's well worth it. Door prizes on the way out. That's right. We've got, uh, again, as I said, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight, folks. You're not going to want to miss what Paul McGuire has to say. He was the one, Paul McGuire was the one that, that laid everything out for the Paris, really the Paris attacks, before, during, and after. And uh, he's, he's the one, of course, um, Paul McGuire has written A Prophecy of the Future of America, and a prophecy of the future of America 2016 2017. Two different, distinctly different books. Do not confuse the fact that if you've got one, you've got the other. No, you don't. No, they're two different books. And he's been generous enough that we're going to have a, a, a special, special tonight. That's right. <clears throat> so stay tuned for that. Portions. Portions of the broadcast brought to you by Minuteman Stove. Minuteman Stove. Do you have one? Do you have one? If you don't, you need one. Minuteman stove. Absolutely. Now, 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 I just want to say to our viewing audience, we're coming to you audio only, I hope, because we're just in our pajamas right now. No, no. Uh, audio only as we take care of a few issues here in our studio. You know, we want to thank you for helping us upgrade and um, being able to send Hillary Diane Rodham the witch, the yak, Clinton, um, being able to to, to uh, send the yak across the screen, as you see now, bounce, city, bounce, city, bounce, city, bounce. Follow the yak, follow the bouncing yak, and of course the yak train. I, again, I don't know where this these have come from. They came out of, out of but, your mind. I, yes, yes, but the yak train is specifically uh, entertaining, very entertaining. Um, but the demonic. That uh, in all seriousness, the, the demonic that is associated with these people, with the global elite, is not fun. Paul McGuire from our last broadcast. You ready? Eric the Tech at the switch. Go ahead. Yeah, the fifty-nine folks, take a listen. 
There are a thousand stories of vital importance, but the media ignores these thousands of stories of vital importance to give you the same drumbeat propaganda from channel to channel to dumb you down. But you listen to the Hagman and Hagman report, you're going to be experience a riptide of diverse information from challenging thinkers who will shake, rattle, and roll your consciousness for the purpose of growth. And that's what it's all about. If you want to stay in the safety zone, then get a pair of diapers and sit in a cradle or a corner and, you know, and, and be a little kid the rest of your life. 2016, if you say you love your children, if you say you love God, then you're either in the game or not in the game. And to be in the game means you've got to actually get up, call on the power of God, use the mind of Christ, and then iron sharpens iron. You have to do whatever it takes to get your mind up to speed to be able to be effective. There are... What a great clip from... <laughs> Sorry, what a great clip from a... And what a fantastic and important message from Paul McGuire last time he was on. And without any further ado, our guest tonight, Mr. Paul McGuire, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Gentlemen, great to be on, and I'm both laughing and, and honored by the introduction, but laughing about the stun gun joke and the pajama uh, joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me ask you, Paul, have you ever done that? Seriously, have you ever, have you ever accidentally uh, zapped yourself with a stun gun? Oh. I have, I have. No, I have not. I, I, can't, I, can't, Im- I can't imagine what it would be like. I just, just real quick, uh, uh, Paul. We, we uh, working as investigators, we, we had an array of things with us, and we uh, one day that I was, uh, I was with uh, uh, my old partner who's now deceased. I uh, uh, had a stun gun in my, uh, it would be in my back cargo pants uh, back in the '80s back pocket, and back then they were bulky, and you know, anyway. Um, he thought it was kind of a joke, and, and we were messing around. Anyway, he's, he. he Put the on switch on, and I sat down. And let me tell you something. I thought I was shot. I, I thought I and and uh, you know I wasn't right for two days. And, and some people will argue I'm still not right, but that's another story. But anyway, it was fun. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say after that. Man. No pun intended. But I'm stunned. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, it's great to have you, and uh, thanks for coming on tonight. We we have so many serious and important topics to talk about. Uh, and folks, go to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us, and check out Paul's website, Bookmark It, and there you can find the latest uh, news and information, as well as a link to Paul's radio show, which is heard uh, each day, each weekday, four to six p.m. Eastern time. Um, and you can get that on Blog Talk Radio as well as his website. And you can order his book right from his website as well, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, as well as the latest article he has up tonight, Pokemon Go, Politicians, and the Social Bot Elections. And you're going to want to take a read on that article as we're going to be getting into this tonight. And I'm really uh, looking forward to what Paul has to say on about Pokemon Go. This is something that uh, it's a an app, a video game, that people play on their phones, and it's led to a number of, of just uh, crazy stories from people trespassing to people getting injured while playing this game as they move from, you know, our current reality to a uh, game mentality in reality. Just it's, last night after the show, I was playing it, Joe, and, and I crossed uh, yeah. four lanes of interstate. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, there's a lot more here than we don't know about. I actually read a story last week of a Russian woman who is a Pokemon Go player who said she was 
um, sexually assaulted by one of the monsters on Pokemon Go. It's almost unbelievable, but you have to read this woman's account. And there's other demonic activity that is and has been related to this uh, game. And it, this this virtual reality world that is coming to us is very dangerous. Paul, I'm going to turn it over to you and, and let you start where you want to go. Well, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to hear the accounts of the Pokemon Go uh, app and uh, augmented reality. And as both of you gentlemen know, um, anybody who uses the Internet, which is probably most of your listeners, viewers, and you guys, and anybody who uses the Internet uh, a great deal probably understands or suspects that the, that the Internet is largely manipulated reality. And, and, and the, the, the name of the game is how do you get truth uh, and filter out the disinformation which is being planted there constantly and the, and the blatant lies. So the whole thing, you know, they talk about the political system being rigged. Well, I believe the political system is rigged, and I think we have a great danger of the elections being rigged um, electronically and otherwise. But the Internet is, is, is rigged. And I was watching uh, the television news coverage uh, regarding various political stories, including the election, and I have never seen, and, and, and you know, whether you're a liberal or a conservative, I have never seen the level of just all-on, full-frontal propaganda, just entire shows, just propaganda just like punching you in the face just manipulated information lies scheming uh, um, you know rigging the conversations so you you get your agenda I mean it's 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 it has become brutal and they don't even hide it anymore it is so heavy-handed and the agenda that they have is so obvious that it's it's I have never seen anything like this. Uh, and I've been around a while, and probably a lot of people have never seen anything like this. So I was watching that, and then I was uh, thinking about the Internet and watching the Internet being rigged. And we all know, for example, that when uh, comments are made, you know, like let's say you post an article or you post a comment on social media, like Facebook or whatever, or... Uh, you review a movie or you make any kind of uh, uh, you post any kind of reaction statement comment whatever on, onto the media now any uh, onto the internet so everybody who uses that knows because we've discussed it on your program before that there are trolls out there uh, usually people who have nothing better to do and their entire because they don't do anything themselves because they don't create something themselves and because they don't uh, have a true leadership position, they're high or they're the way that they, they get some kind of reinforcement towards their identity is to, to, to be a troll. They, they have a fictitious name and they, they attack or uh, create disinformation on the internet. And that's quite common. But they're not, but, but they're not, you know, they're not serious people because they, they hide behind their little fictitious identities. But that's just, the beginning, because that manipulates a lot of things. So, for example, if you if there's a movie and somebody doesn't like the message, well, a group can target that movie 
with tons of negative reviews, uh, but it's it's manipulated. Let's say there's a huge percentage of the public that loves that movie, but the only reaction you're going to see on the internet because it's manipulated are the negative reviews. So they they skew the results, and then um, manipulated uh, rankings. I believe are are very common. So if you have a uh, radio program or whatever you're putting up on the internet, an article, a YouTube, uh, any number of things, uh, page hits, visits, any any method of ranking uh, something you put up on the internet, it can be manipulated. So I have seen, and I've discussed this with people, and I've, I've brought up YouTubes, and I've brought up different things on the internet, and I look at it and I say, gee, 1,225 views or hits. And I know that that's false based on who put it up and and what the other rankings are. And it's always tied into the, the headline of the YouTube or the title of the YouTube or the content of the YouTube. And if the content or the headline uh, doesn't meet the... Uh, requirements of, of the unseen censors, I believe they, they rig the, the number count. And they do that for a variety of reasons. One is if you can manipulate uh, the numbers, you can you can make that YouTube or that statement or whatever less important because after all, only a few people are visiting that or watching that. But more importantly, you can attack if people are using it for advertising measurements, um, by manipulating the numbers of people, you can hurt or negatively impact the advertising dollars. And I believe it's being, that's being done on, on, on a widespread scale. Now, on top of that, uh, and I've been aware of this a long time and decided to just dip in a little bit into the actual technology, uh, there are all these people... Uh, well, they appear as people, and they have names, and, and they make comments and postings, and they attack this or promote that on Facebook or whatever, Twitter or social media, whatever it is. They're all over the place, and there's millions of them. But they aren't real people. They're computer-generated identities called social bots or social robots, and these social bots have a name, you know, uh, as if they were a person. They pretend they are a person. They're programmed to, to make certain comments. They can engage in certain uh, amounts of discussions, like, like you, they can reply to you, you, they'll respond, but they're not real. They're, they're social robots, and they're sent out by the millions in terms of electronic bits of information and what these social robots can do is they can completely manipulate the reality of the Internet. So you, you, you'll you have all these people talking in all these chat rooms or Facebook or social media or YouTubes or whatever it is, but they're, they're not even trolls. Trolls are people. These are so, social bots, social robots. So they have... Uh, they, they have been, actually, the whole social bot technology began in the 50s, but it's grown exponentially. Now, the, the critical factor here 
and I'm going to tie it into Pokemon Go in a second, or a couple of seconds, is that what they have, through psychological research, they have determined that one of the primary, there's a variety of techniques uh, that cause people to be motivated to do something or cause people to uh, feel powerless and do nothing. So let's talk about the election for a minute. They have discovered that by using social uh, robots um, or social bots, they can manipulate the, the moods of target demographic groups. So that could be uh, African Americans, it could be uh, the Democrats, it could be Republicans, whatever. They can manipulate the moods of target demographic groups via social media with these social bots and by increasing uh, negative feelings and negative emotions regarding a candidate or a platform or whatever, then, then the people of that group that are being bombarded with social bots attacking negatively their candidate or whatever, those people are more likely not to vote, not to show up at the polls, and to become disengaged. And in the same way, if through the use of social bots, they can increase the positive feelings in a target de demographic group um, through these social bots, then that will increase the likelihood that these people will turn out and actually vote, participate in the polls, and be involved. Now, that's just one little slice of what s social bots can do. But... Um, you now have a, a, a completely virtual world, the, the world of Internet communication. You don't know who you're communicating with. I mean, it used to be you were communicating with just a troll, a person hiding. But now people are communicating with robots, te technological robots, social bots, and they are controlling the, the content and the, the tone and the mood and the idea flow in the Internet. And it's very Orwellian, it's very sophisticated, and it's being employed in this uh, election process like never before. Yeah, it is. And we've seen, um, for those who, who don't know, that uh, news outlets and media are using robots to write news stories. Uh, one example is, I believe, the New York Times is using robots to write news stories on the Rio Olympics. But this is where it starts, and we're going to see uh, that continue, uh, as well as I, I read not too long ago that robots were also writing uh, Hollywood sitcom sitcom yeah, scripts. But the not back your to the traditional robots, like you know, Lost in the Space kind of robots, but right, the, the, but the, the online computer, right. artificial intelligence. As, uh, yeah, as Paul kind of referenced here. And, so that's right. Yeah. And you made some interesting comments, Paul. The the online trolls, you know, the comments that we see, you know, that that support Hillary or support the uh, any agenda that lines up with abortion and gun control. You don't know if these people are human trolls, if they are actually human and feel that way, or if they are robots that are programmed to counter uh, truthful statements on the internet. And it goes so far back in 2013 in, in July. The U.S. repealed the propaganda ban that will allow spreading of government-made news to Americans, uh, and they, this anti-propaganda law prevented the U.S. government 
from broadcasting uh, and delivering programming to American audiences. Well, that ban was lifted in 2013, and as a result, thousands of hours per week of government-funded radio and TV programs and what you talked about, these these online um, bots, are now allowed to legally broadcast, comment on, and dis- uh, disperse government propaganda. And there's no, I mean, when you have that those laws in place that allow a government to do this without restrictions, um, where how do you know what's truth and what's not? Well, you don't, and and that's why you see these pictures uh, of the Chinese government uh, where they're in these rooms, and you have a hundred people sitting at little desks on computers, and it's the government controlling chat room information. It's the government, uh, Chinese government manipulating, uh, social media. So we have the same thing in, in the U.S. And what it does is if you're, another thing that they, they do with this technology, and this part is relatively easy, but the social bots are easy for them to do too. Um, they manipulate and can, and to, and they can direct the flow of news information. So like everybody, you know, depending upon whatever they're using for their email service, let's say it's AOL or whatever, Gmail or whatever, um, uh, their YouTube uh, news sites they go on to, because whenever you go on a news site, you're, you're tracked and the, the ad, many of the ads that pop up on it, uh, even if it's a conservative news site, many of the ads that pop up when you visit that conservative news site are based on your profile, uh, your basic internet profile of what interests you or what other sites you visited or whatever your beliefs are. So the pop-up ads and the pop-up messages that you're seeing as you travel around the internet, and you could travel around and, and for example, be reading stories on the, uh, uh, let's say, the Olympics. And uh, as you're reading stories in the Olympics, there'll be pop-up ads that come on that page, but they'll reflect your beliefs or your, or your buying habits or, or your potential uh, buying habits. So they use the same technology to direct negative information and negative news uh towards you and your demographic group. So let's say you're uh, a Hillary supporter or a Sanders supporter. Everywhere you go on the Internet, you're going to find yourself... If somebody wanted to target that demographic group, everywhere they went, they would begin to see negative stories on Hillary uh, or Sanders or whatever. And that has the net effect of making these people uh, become discouraged and kind of give up supporting their candidate. In the same way, let's say you're a Trump supporter, um, and then the these social media and tech companies, which, by the way, were caught in being in collusion. <laughs> a number of the big tech companies were, were caught being in collusion to manipulate the news feeds. So, for example, people who are Trump supporters are receiving nothing but negative news or, or negative uh, polls about Trump for the purpose of discouraging them, uh, keeping them from voting, and, and losing interest in, in the election. 
And the same tech companies would send positive information to the candidates they support. Uh, but they had, these tech companies had colluded against Trump and Trump supporters by, by controlling the content of the news. So you're not really seeing the news. You're seeing filtered news that's either all negative or all positive, depending upon what their agenda is. And so you can destroy a, uh, a movement of people. You can you can keep millions of people away from the uh, uh, polls, and, and you have to be very careful because everything in the internet, in the virtual world of the internet, is being done electronically by computers. But not only it's being merged to to the very highest level and most sophisticated sciences of psychological persuasion. Uh, propaganda, uh, scientific mind control, so on and so forth. That that this this the sciences of persuasion, mind control, have like escalated, uh, and they are on par with biotech and transhumanism and other and and uh, software companies in terms of the acceleration uh, and development of technology and the perf- and the perfection. Of the, of the most sophisticated scientific techniques of persuading and controlling people's behavior and emotions. So you wed that science and technology with the flow of information, the content of information, you wed that technology with the social bots, and you have created an Internet which is a completely uh, artificial world that can, can, can cause anything. You can cause race riots to erupt, uh, across the United States, you can cause uh, people to feel like, I, like I've been tracking the story very carefully about um, the fact that the election, uh, the voting machines are largely owned, and, and it doesn't really matter whether you can prove it this week or uh, what week, because you go back and you... You, you can't quite prove it. So so let's say it's alleged. But there's all Paul, those... Yeah. Hold, hold that thought. We're coming up against the break. When we come back, sure. we'll hit right on the electronic voting machines and the ability for them to be hacked. CBS actually did a, a piece on their morning show talking about and showing how easy it is within seven minutes being able to hack an electronic voting machine. You're listening to Paul McGuire. We'll be right back after these short messages. focused on manipulating news and commentary on the internet especially social media by posting material and images without necessarily claiming ownership this according to the Washington Post a few years ago it's amazing you, you know folks uh, he, I'm going to give you uh, before we go back to Paul I'm just going to give you a couple of uh, little tidbits of trivia information that's relevant to what Paul is talking about um 
A study was conducted back in 2012 showing the digital content of the entire world is about 2.8 zettabytes, Z-E-T-T-A bytes, zettabytes, 2.8 zettabytes. Now, a zettabyte is a thousand exabytes. Well, how can you even, how can you even consider what that is? What's even more frightening, I suppose, well, Consider this. The human brain can store about 2.5 petabytes of data. A petabyte, well, an exabyte is a thousand petabytes and a zettabyte is a thousand exabytes. You can't even imagine. I mean, it's hard to wrap your brain around this, but the digital content of the entire world is 2.8 zettabytes and it would be, it, and it would double that size about every 30 months. Um, just to give you an example, a zettabyte is represented by the number 10 with 21 zeros after it. It represents 1 billion terabytes, terabytes, or 1 trillion gigabytes. Just consider that, and also consider this as Paul is talking. In the fall of 2013, the National Security Agency, the NSA, finished its $1.5 billion spy center in Utah. That that center alone has a reported capacity of five zettabytes, or almost twice the size of all digital digital content in the world. If you don't think, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, they're not vacuuming up all data, digital content that that's out there, they are. Why? Because they can. Paul McGuire is our guest. PaulMcGuire.us. Bookmark his website, folks, and also he's got a, uh, a daily radio show. Uh, that's unlike anything that's out there. Plug into that as well. But uh, check that out at paulmcguire.us. Paul, thanks for uh, holding, and uh, let's continue. Sure. Uh, Back to what you just said. So the intelligence agencies uh, in the United States and Russia and China and other nations that have the capacity to have big intelligence agencies they're all collecting megadata, which essentially means they're collecting data on absolutely everything imaginable under the sun to absolutely every technology imaginable or unimaginable. It's, it's 24-7 data collection on everything. So on every person, every company, everything. It's just constantly being recorded and collected and stored. Now, that doesn't mean that that all this data... Uh, that they're collecting through megadata is is necessarily being looked at. It's just always being collected it's because if something ever happens, it's like in the movie Minority Report, you know, pre-crimes with Tom Cruise. Um, they were able to predict on the basis of people's psychological profile if they were going to commit a crime and they had these beings... Uh, that were able to see into the future when a crime could, would be committed. So they would arrest people before they committed the crime. <clears throat> so the idea with megadata is to collect everything on everybody and every organization under the sun constantly. And if something happens, let's say it's a terrorist attack or whatever, you can always go back in time. You can go back three years, let's say, and you can pull all this data let, let's say there's a, there's a robbery at a 7-Eleven in Kansas uh, City, okay, in Kansas City. So 
They want to find out who robbed it. They could go back three or four years. They could look at satellite photos of that 7-Eleven. They could look at security photos of the 7-Eleven and whatever other surveillance devices are are monitoring what's going on in that 7-Eleven. They could retrieve four years in the past if they needed to, to track down, you know, potential thieves. So that's the purpose of, of, uh, of megadata. That's why I laugh <laughs> whenever I hear this stuff that, that any emails have been deleted. It's absolute nonsense. Sure, it was deleted off this server, off this computer, but there's another computer, there's another server, there's another backup. Nothing is ever deleted. There's collection on everything. No matter what, I mean, who it is, who you are, whatever you think you're deleting, it never gets deleted. It's being stored. Somebody has it. So, so the idea that something is deleted and you can't retrieve it is complete nonsense. You can retrieve anything. Now, back to the, uh, the rigging of, of the voting machines. This has gone back quite a few years. Um, and I'm going to use the word alleged because it's very difficult to prove because things change from week to week, year to year. So at one moment, a particular individual, it may be reported that he has ownership in a voting machine company, and now he no longer does. So it doesn't matter who the public figure is who owns a piece of the action of a voting machine company because you can always change the public figure. But Soros has had a piece of the action of numerous uh, voting machine companies, according to numerous reports, and it's been alleged that that um, it was for the purpose of uh, manipulation of votes. And there, he had ownership of voting machines in Utah recently. There's a company called Diebold that, at one time, he allegedly had uh, part ownership. And you see a pattern of very powerful people having part ownership and all these uh, different voting machine companies being used here in the United States. But the, the more important principle is, no matter what voting machine, whatever voting, whatever electronic voting machine is being used, whatever the manufacturer is, they're all subject to hacking very easily. In other words, there's almost no security uh, for a voting machine. They can all be hacked electronically, and so you can manipulate any vote so the so the entire voting system of the United States is essentially compromised, at least uh, wherever there are electronic voting machines. And many of the key states uh, involved, they all use electronic voting machines. So we have a, we have a problem there. But now I'm going to add another problem onto the problem, not for the sake of uh, depressing people, but just to to play out. We live in a world of constant psychological manipulation, not only with data, but psychological manipulation of the mind. So we have to ask ourselves the question, why are all these stories coming out right now from leftist-leaning publications and leftist television networks about voting machines being rigged and voter fraud? Well, I would suggest to you that it's highly possible that the purpose of uh, releasing these stories is not because they want more integrity uh, in the voting machine process. I would suggest to you that there's a high possibility that they're talking about it 
to discourage a target demographic, let's say Trump supporters, into even voting. Because what they're essentially saying in between the lines, even though they're not saying it outwardly, they're saying, hey, look, the voting machines are rigged in the key states. So it doesn't really matter if you vote. You might as well stay home because there's no way that your candidate can win. I mean, that's there's a propaganda message in the mix there. Now, uh, the other thing is we never know when we look, unless we know something about uh, if it's a conservative news website, if it's a liberal news website, we never know, no matter how conservative you think that conservative news site is, you don't really know if it is conservative or it's a front for some very liberal organization. So when you see exposés of, uh, and I have a pile of information here of articles on the Internet from conservative websites talking about uh, the manipulation and rigging and hacking of voting machines, I would have to carefully examine whether these are being put out there to disillusion potential voters and cause them to stay home, or they're put out there to actually um, shine light on the darkness and get people to pay attention and uh, force some kind of uh, monitored election so that it can't be rigged. So So you have to look at it from both ways. Now, the other thing is that with this Pokemon Go uh, game, what it showed us is um, the game is played in what's called augmented reality, which is slightly different from virtual virtual reality. Augmented reality is where you have a mixture of virtual reality and real reality. So you have these virtual reality Pokemon Go uh you know, monsters, characters, or whatever, but these virtual reality Pokemon Go monsters could be running around in real reality streets, and as uh, Doug was making the joke, uh, uh, running across a highway or whatever. So people are running around looking at their cell phone monitors, and they're they're interacting with Pokemon Go uh, virtual reality characters, but the streets and the sidewalks and the restaurants that they're looking at are real. So you see a mixture of the virtual world and the real world. And so why this is dangerous is because you can bend reality in people's uh, minds. I mean, you know, a lady claiming to be raped by a Pokemon Go uh, uh, monster figure. And there's been a whole series of reports like that and strange criminal behavior, rapes and crime and allegedly a murder or whatever uh, because of the Pokemon Go uh, game app. So it's bending reality. Now, here's the other thing. When people download the Pokemon Go app, it has been alleged that, and I haven't done it because I haven't downloaded the app, I'm not interested in it, but um, when you sign all the things we always sign when we download an app off the Internet, it, it supposedly legally gives the Pokemon Go app company access to uh, every absolutely everything in a person's computer. Everything. I'm talking about everything. Now, uh, so therefore, when they download the Pokemon Go app, they've opened a doorway to the complete monitoring Retrieval and information of absolutely everything in their computer, which, quite frankly, I'm surprised that the doorway must be there anyway. But, but 
Um, now, the Pokemon Go company said, well, that was an accident and we're going to change it. So they said that's a temporary flaw that we're able to have access to your entire computer and we're going to fix it. That remains to be seen. But how many of these companies that offer these apps or these uh, 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 social media companies, how many of them are affiliated with intelligence agencies or partially invented by technology given to front companies. In other words, is Pokemon Go just some game, or does it have an, an, an intelligence agency connection? And these are things that, that we really need to look at, because uh, quite frankly, I don't buy the story that, you know, the, the, the common myth of uh, uh, this uh, guy who was tinkering in his garage and he invented software that changed the world. And this guy who was tinkering in his garage in Silicon Valley, and he invented software. I mean, I can name probably 10 or 12 social media uh, uh, billionaires and uh, tech companies that are involved in the Internet. And it's always started by some, you know, college kid or uh, young guy or, you know, party guy who uh, gets together with his friends and then mysteriously comes up with this technology and this financing, and then a couple of years go by, and you know their their stock is worth billions and billions of dollars. I don't buy that because every one of those social media companies, not not every one of the social media companies, but a lot of these social media companies have a dual have a dual function. They offer uh, uh, a kind of service, <laughs> but they're also First and foremost, there are means of monitoring the user, the user of uh, social media technology, your thoughts, your attitudes, your religious beliefs, your everything about you is now an open book and being collected. Because every time you make a little post on Facebook or whatever it is, it's being compiled into a file on you. Yeah, and Paul, if I can, <clears throat> it's... It, it's so much worse than, you know, we, we see these, uh, NSA and other, um, uh, alphabet agencies that have these, um, amazing surveillance capabilities from listening to your phone calls or reading your emails and text messages to, you know, uh, watching or viewing how you use electricity in your house. But this is so much different because this is uh, a user-based platform where people offer up their own private and personal information themselves basically uh, allowing the government to collect the information from the person who is who's giving it to them and it's not that they're you know getting warrants or even using warrantless um, capabilities to capture your information so and billions of people are willingly associating themselves with other people stating their political views and giving you know so much more information freely and these people not only uh, catalog and capture this information they go on to sell a lot of that information as well. And it's all because the users offered it up. Yeah. So so where this all takes us is uh, we are, you know, um, within striking distance of uh, perhaps the most important uh, political election in America's history where so many issues are going to be decided, such as the Supreme Court judges. That's That's the big issue. And, and other issues. So, back to what we were talking about 
earlier in the program, I have never seen the media in a full assault propaganda mode uh, in my life. I've never seen so much lying, distortion, uh, taking off the gloves, and just total propaganda, hardcore, all the way. Because the goal here, you know, um, people go, well, gee, who's who's the, the candidate that's not a globalist? Who's the candidate that's going to get things done? Who's the candidate that's going to change things? And I'm thinking of back a couple of months in the election, uh, of all the people who were evangelical Christians who were concerned about the answers to those questions, um, and conservatives who were concerned about the answers to those questions. But, I mean, it's fairly obvious to me. If, if all hell is breaking loose from the globalists against a particular candidate, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that that candidate must be a threat to the globalists. And if the entire system is attacking and, te- and attempting to tear down a particular candidate, then it tells you that that candidate must be a threat to the system. Whereas if the system is propping up any candidate, Democrat or Republican, and, and not fully on attacking them, then that's the candidate who, who has made a compromise with the system. I mean, it's so obvious. I don't understand why, you know, this is not like uh, top of the mind for most people. The globalists have an agenda in Europe and and, and in the world. And by the way, all all the people, and I've been writing about this in in the first book, A Prophecy of Future of America, Mass Awakening, and then in the brand new book, um, A Prophecy of Future of America, 2016-2017, which we have a special, which I'll let you announce, I guess, later. We're giving away a number of free copies on, on your program, but I'll... Um, am I supposed to handle that, or are you guys going to handle that? Um, boy, that's a great question. Regardless, it'll be handled um, and handled well. And, and okay. Paul, I want to thank you for your generosity. Folks, you just stay tuned for Paul's special offer. And um, if you're one of the lucky ones, um, my goodness, you know, it's going to be great. Uh, Paul's been very generous, very generous with respect to... Uh, to, to his new book, and it's well worth it, folks. It is so well worth it. So, stay tuned for more of that. But, but go. Ahead. Oh, Paul, I just want to mention something too. Um, sure. If we can go back, just you were talking about uh, Donald Trump because I, I we had come out. I had come out personally uh, talking about Donald Trump uh, this week on a couple of different occasions. And given our options, you'd have. It, it's my personal view. You'd have to, if you, if you're a Christian or even a conservative, a small-c conservative, you would have to be absolutely off your rocker to not vote for Donald Trump or to vote for Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton. You know, I mean, quite frankly, I'm not sure how any Christian or any conservative can rationally, if given the only choice, choices, how can any conservative or any Christian rationally... um, uh, yeah, and let me know, jump explain in that because uh, um, I heard Glenn Beck today. I took my I had, my wife had a few doctor's appointments, and I had Glenn Beck on, and he said that uh, he's not. He was re- reading listeners' emails that were critical of his position on the election because he's not supported Trump, and the listeners take that as support for Hillary Clinton. But he said it was like deciding between throwing a baby in a blender or throwing a baby in the microwave. Saying, I'm not sure I agree with that. 
I, yeah, but this is what you know how he worded it, and he said that um, he he kind of said, well, if I have to, I don't have to vote for one of those, and he compared that you know the two choices to two different kinds of ways you can murder a baby, which is unfair and, and not uh, along the lines of what we're dealing with here. He said that you know you if you're righteous, you will vote uh, righteously, and in his mind, you can't vote for Clinton or Trump. And and do that. Yeah, and let me just interject something here, and then we'll toss it back to Paul. I had a, a listener, a very very uh, dear listener, send me a book called The Fallacy Detective, and uh, that is an example of a fallacious argument. I just want to say that, but uh, you know, to, to to equate that, yeah, with the elections. But go ahead, Paul. We got about five minutes that. before break, Paul. Uh, take it away. Well, I want to make it clear that I, I'm I'm not publicly advocating one candidate. Or another, I have a candidate that I intend to vote for. Um, but I, but I want to say something. I don't know if I can say it this quickly. Uh, well, Glenn Beck. We'll probably. I'll, I guess we should talk about it after the break. Glenn Beck says a lot of things that are very strange. And when, when we're talking about this virtual world reality in the internet, that this also includes the the elite. Raising up spokespersons and organizations that pretend to be one thing, but are in actuality something else. And um, I, I want to talk about Glenn Beck when we come back because there's a pattern there. If you look carefully, there's a pattern uh, that rec- that demands that people ex- examine the pattern. And uh, I'm not going to make a uh, an accusation uh, regarding him, but I'm going to ask a question because uh, there's very, there's something very conspicuous about where he's he's leading people. But uh, back to the to this, uh, uh, let's say the two the two candidates, the Democratic Party, whether you like them or not, are they they have done what a political party should do. They're they're acting as one. Uh, they have, for the most part, entirely thrown their support behind Hillary Clinton. They don't have people uh, who are high up in the Democratic par- Party, for the most part, taking shots at Hillary, at Hillary Clinton. They're all behind her. They're acting in unison. Now, it's very strange that on the Republican Party, you have people that are very high up and media people like Glenn Beck who are taking, who are attacking and attempting to tear down and saying that they won't vote for their party's nominee. Now, there's no way uh, the Republican Party's nominee can successfully win an election. I mean, you can, you can do an end run around it, but it takes a lot of work. When you're being sab- sabotaged internally, um, by your own political party. So the, so the deeper question in this election, this is what I'm trying to get to, is a deeper issue in the election than the traditional um, Republican-Democrat paradigm. The deeper issue is the globalist control of the United States and the globalists wanting to control the economic agenda of the United States, the social agenda of the world and the U.S. And so this is really, if you look at it 
uh, deeper. This this current election is an election between the people that are aware and awake of what's really going on and the globalist elite uh, who have an agenda of total control. And, and I'm going to bring up Soros again because, as you know and many of your listeners know, his emails were hacked, and so the, the very uh, idea that I'm bringing up of uh, an elite control over our nation is supported by the content of the emails that were leaked from Soros's organization, where they said they planned to use migration as a new normal uh, to to I'm paraphrasing them, but to control and 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 move forward their political agenda, and and you know so Soros is is a player for the for the elite. And in the same way, Glenn Beck and uh, others are, uh, they're not who they pretend to be. And I'm, I'm going I'm to get into that in a moment. And it really bothers me that especially evangelical Christians are so naive uh, that they, he is, he is, you know, Jesus said he'd judge a tree by its fruit. So what, what he, if people were to act on what he's telling them to do, He's destroying the political process. He's burning it down. What his words are more dangerous than rigging a voting machine, because he's essentially saying, "Don't vote." And we know that voting isn't going to solve everything, but voting is important. It's still important to a large degree. If voting wasn't important, if it wasn't important, thought, Paul. Okay. Uh, we're up, we're up against the break, folks. When we come back, we're going to hit on that issue of of what Glenn Beck is saying and his messages between the lines, as well as give you details on how you can get a copy of a Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, or the four DVD set for a Prophecy of the Future of America. Stay with us. Paul is a man I've got just an incredible amount of respect for, and I, I believe Paul McGuire to be one of the finest, um, one of the finest writers out there, and, and certainly one of the most astute when it comes to current events and biblical prophecy. Paul McGuire is our guest. PaulMcGuire.us is his website, folks. Visit his website. Certainly subscribe to his YouTube channel. Listen to his daily radio broadcast it's well worth your time unlike anything else out there um and, and paul mcguire is a good friend of this program and uh, again a lot of respect for him uh he's our, our guest t- today now right before the break we were talking about the election as it is if you consider it well as i guess if you would consider this a card game. If you're in a game of poker and, and you're being dealt the cards and you don't have any, well, there's there's no, uh, you know, there's no additional cards. You you have to play the hand you're dealt. That's exactly what we're looking at in, in my estimation. And, and Paul, right before the break, you were talking or, or uh, giving some some uh, information about the role of Glenn Beck, for example, and people like Glenn Beck who are 
talking about the candidates and talking about Donald Trump and talking about Hillary Clinton and talking about what we should do as Christians or as conservatives. Why don't you go ahead and continue that? I find that extremely interesting and pertinent to uh, to everything today. Well, again, I want to make the statement I'm not telling people who to vote for because I think if I do my job in helping to uh, educate and teach people how to think properly and how to think uh, biblically, then it will become self-evident who to vote for. Uh, you know, just telling somebody who to vote for, that's that's good for, for, for one round. But if you teach, I would prefer to teach people how to think so that whatever comes up then in their lives, they'll know uh, how to make the proper choice. So um, back to, let's talk about Glenn Beck for a minute. And I want to be very careful because I, I am not accusing him of something, and I'm not making an allegation against him. I'm just pointing out uh, serious questions and, and some truths. Let's, so let's begin with, with one obvious truth. Uh, Glenn Beck is a gifted communicator. He's funny. He pulls in a big audience, so, so he has a lot of gifts. Um, however... Um, he is a Mormon, um, and that doesn't mean uh, Mormons can't have uh, good political uh, instincts. They can. Um, but I find it curious that so many evangelical Christians would gravitate to a Mormon to get their, their spiritual and political guidance. Because purely, now this is based on a purely theological and biblical level, um, according to the Bible, um, a Christian has the Holy Spirit, the third person of, of the Trinity, um, as, and that's the spirit of truth, that, that is to give them discernment. Now, Glenn Beck um, is not a, a biblical Christian, uh, he would hold the priesthood or whatever, but he he uh, would be motivated by the the spirit of Mormonism, and I believe that even though there are some Christ, Christian aspects externally to the Mormon religion, um, the spirit the, the spirit behind it is different than the spirit behind a biblical Christian church. So the question is, why are evangelical Christians who are supposed to have the Holy Spirit in them listening to a man who does not have the Holy Spirit in him, who is motivated by the spirit of Mormonism? It's two different spirits. So right there, any Christian who's looking to Glenn Beck to be their spiritual guru and leader uh, is out of alignment with the Bible. That's purely from a scriptural level. That would be like... Uh, um, He's motivated by a different spirit. Now, having said that, we have something called the White Horse Prophecy that has to do with Mormons. And in the White Horse Prophecy, they believe that in a time of constitutional crisis, a Mormon presidential leader will be elected or rise to power to save the Constitution. So I believe that Glenn Beck's thinking is being influenced by this Mormon prophecy. In fact, I would I would wonder whether he thinks that on the horizon, um, and according to the White Horse prophecy, there's going to be a Mormon leader at the last moment who 
who uh, is going to rise to power to save the Constitution. He could be working to that end. You're right, Paul. Um, he has said that in a speech about a month ago, he mentioned the Book of Mormon where he said uh, the players on the stage in the political arena, um, all he has to do is change some names, and it lines up with the quote-unquote prophecies in the Book of Mormon. Right. And and, I, and I'm not going to finish saying what I could say because I know, I know certain things <clears throat> about this from an, an inside level uh, that has to do with much higher up people. And for the sake of that, I'm not going to go into that territory. But um, there are there, like you said, there are there are other players involved. Now, the, but, but the other thing is, who is Glenn Beck? Apart from that, which is important, if you're a Christian, it's important. Apart from that, who is Glenn Beck? So, um, William F. Buckley, which many of your listeners may know of, and many may not remember him because of their age category, was probably the most con- uh, famous conservative television journalist uh, for an entire generation. And William F. Buckley was this intellectual conservative who hosted, uh, I think it was the Buckley Report, if I recall the name of the show. And he he was very influential, and his name was a household name in America for decades but it came out that this great conservative, William F. Buckley, uh, really wasn't operating on his own. He, he was raised up by the CIA. In fact, he claimed to be working for the CIA the entire time he was a media personality. Now, William F. Buckley was also the executive editor and I think the founder of the conservative publication, The National Review, which was also, uh, in part, uh, uh, started by the CIA. So here you have one of the most powerful conservative sources in America, William F. Buckley and the National Review, being uh, to whatever degree influenced or used or whatever by the, by, by the CIA. It's interesting that Glenn Beck, when he writes a lot of his pieces uh, attacking Donald Trump, he's writing in the National Review. So I'm not taking it any further than that. But I am saying that Given Glenn Beck's words and and his analogy about you know killing of the babies, uh, what he's essentially telling people to do, he's, he's basically telling them throw the election and don't vote unless he's trying to have a setup for some kind of uh, Mormon white horse prophecy. So I I think his words are extremely dangerous. I think anybody who listens to him is uh, essentially committing uh, a form of insanity because if you were to follow his direction, you would you would guarantee... Here, here's the thing. We have all the uh, uh, media people and the uh, higher-ups of the Democratic Party fully getting behind their candidate. They're not sabotaging, sabotaging their candidate. But here we have the elite in the Republican Party. And the, and, and the key word is the elite. The people who have made the, the trade treaty deals, the people who for all practical purposes are in bed with the globalists, and these are the people that, that uh, Beck seems to be in agreement with. So they're saying they're not going to vote, which essentially guarantees that uh, Hillary would win and Hillary's choices for Supreme Court justice would win. 
and she has very different views than Trump in terms of Supreme Court justices. So how is it that anybody who claims to be a conservative, and how is it that anybody who claims to be a Christian, and Glenn Beck claims to be a Christian, uh, how is it that anybody who claims to be a conservative and a Christian can empower another candidate who will guarantee the appointment of radical Supreme Court justices which will enact laws that are in complete opposition to biblical values and biblical teaching. You can't. It's the ultimate act of selfishness. You're basically saying, because my, because my candidate isn't running, I'm willing to destroy my nation forever. I'm willing to destroy future generations of Americans forever. Because this is the most important election in the history of the United States. So you have... What does it tell you about the character of George W. Bush? What does it tell you about the character of Jeb Bush? What does it tell you about the character of William Crystal and all these other candidates who are willing, by their lack of support and attack, it's not that they're just lacking support of Donald Trump, but they're attacking him and saying he isn't fit to be president, which is... He, they're, they're essentially acting like operatives of the Democratic Party. What does it tell you about these high-level Republicans who claim to love America, yet are willing to throw the election and guarantee that Hillary gets elected, and, and along with that, the appointment of radical liberal Supreme Court justices that will change the landscape of America forever? These men are so selfish and so devoid of conscience that their public uh, um, attacks on Trump and their willingness to uh, ensure that Hillary gets elected by this Republican elite, which really means the globalist elite, and I would include Glenn Beck in that crowd. They are willing to destroy our nation. I'm telling you, you're looking at people are saying, I'm praying for God to give me wisdom. Well, God just dropped wisdom on your head. He just dropped a hundred some trucks out of heaven on your head and if you can't feel the impact of a hundred cement trucks falling out of heaven and cracking on your thick skull you need uh, major help I mean major help because what more discernment I mean what more discernment can you want God just dumped ten a hundred cement trucks out of heaven to crack your thick skull right in front of your face you're seeing these uh, you know George W. Little Prayer with Billy Graham. Oh, really? Was it a sincere little prayer with Billy Graham? He says he's born again. Where's the evidence of it? How can you be a born-again Christian and a former president of the United States, and God has given you enormous power to speak out and influence for the good of this nation, and since you retire from office, you say nothing, you hide in your ranch while this nation literally goes to hell. And then your brother, Jeb Bush, is so personally offended that he got roughed up during an election that he's willing to destroy the future of our nation also um, and give it into the hands of radical liberals who, who are going to take down this nation. Every one of these men, their characters are being revealed. You know, people are talking about, well, Lord, give me wisdom. I want to know, you know who I should vote for. Well... Part of having wisdom and part of knowing who to vote for is you have to be able to judge and discern somebody's character, their true nature, not who they pretend to be, but who their true nature is. 
And in every one of the cases that I talked about, I'm talking about men who their their decision to stab their own nominee in the back, which the Democratic Party would never do, and betray their country, they are revealing their character. The very fact that they have done this, that they're willing to destroy our nation, reveals their character. They're completely sold-out men. They've sold their souls to whatever secret society that they belong to, and that's part of it, and I deal with this in my book, The Babylon Code, which is the number one selling prophecy book in the world, according to Amazon, and I deal with it in the Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017. These people belong to secret societies. They are in bed with the globalist, globalist elite, which means that they're in bed with Soros and Soros's buddies, but they're pretending to be conservative candidates. They have revealed their character. Anybody who looks can see what their character is. Total selfishness. They're willing to destroy this nation and put Hillary in power rather than vote for a man who admittedly has imperfections, admittedly says stuff that uh, he probably shouldn't be saying. But when push comes to shove, who are you going to vote for? So I would say to anybody who's saying, if you're still in the mode of, Lord, oh, give me wisdom on who to vote for, I mean, God has dropped cement trucks on your head to crack your thick skull. When are you going to open your eyes and look at the obvious? Very well said. Paul, let me ask you this. Um, I have this very disturbed spirit or feeling in my spirit that we're we're seeing a full-court press about Hillary Clinton's health, and for good reason. Now we had... uh, what uh, America's most trusted doctor, uh, Doctor Dr. Drew, Drew Pinsky, he, yeah, he came out and and expressed his concerns over her health. It almost, and then then you have others who are questioning uh, Trump's, um, um, uh, well, his ability to lead and other things. But is it possible, Paul, that we're being set up for something that? Uh, maybe we're not expecting or the majority of people aren't expecting some sort of change something because i my, my spirit is disturbed I, I don't i don't know what to make of my feeling that we're not going to see when we go to the polls in november if in fact we do we're, we may not we, we we may not have the choices we we have right now do you feel that's the same way or do you think there's there's something up here um well first of all i would say uh, because I know you and I know Joe. So, because I know you and I know you're not some crackpot. So when you tell me that you have this feeling in your spirit, and I have the same feeling in my spirit, I can tell you that the reason you have the feeling in your spirit is the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of truth. And the Holy Spirit in you knows what's going to happen before it happens. That uneasiness you feel in your spirit is not paranoia. It's the Holy Spirit acting like a kind of radar system. And it's, it's telling you that you need to pray because the Spirit of God in you um, is actually more powerful uh, than your intellect and reason. Now, ideally, your intellect and reason should work in synchronization with the Holy Spirit in you. So we have two things going on. I have the same sense in my holy, in my spirit. The Holy Spirit in me is agitated, and uh, um, there's a grieving, and there's a sense, uh, to, to put it precisely, 
when I feel that the Holy Spirit is speaking to my inner man, because I share your, your feeling, is the Holy Spirit is warning me of potential danger that lies ahead in the immediate future and that I'm to be prepared for it. But, but the, the primary way that I'm to be prepared for it is to pray and intercede because things are going on that uh, I can't perceive or at least at this moment know about through, through my human perceptions. So the Holy Spirit is, is warning us that's why the Holy Spirit gives us uh, this sense of unrest. You know, I've been walking with the Lord for about 50 years, and when you walk with the Lord for 50 years, you know Him, and He knows you. And the closer you know the Lord, because you walk with Him, your intimacy with the Lord, your knowledge about... It's like having a good friend. You can kind of anticipate what your friend is going to think or what your friend is going to do in this situation and that situation. Well, after you walk with the Lord for a number of years, you, you, you kind of get into a rhythm with, with the Lord where when he speaks to you in this way, inevitably you know that something's coming up and you're supposed to pray and seek his face at a deeper level to because the reason God's giving you that sense of unrest is to alert you to a potential danger that he wants to to uh, he wants to put the fire out on that potential danger, but but he has to do it, or he chooses to do it in cooperation with his people. So that uneasiness is to lead you in, into prayer. But you're right on in in your spiritual discernment because um, there are a number of games that could be played here, and I had the same exact feeling you did when I suddenly saw all here we have the, the the full court press promoting Hillary there's nothing she can do that will get her arrested nothing I mean or, you know if you and I committed any of these crimes we would be in jail she's untouchable but at the same time there's this massive uh, uh, media coverage of her potential uh, illnesses or sicknesses well, um, we both know that this could mean a setup for something else. So potentially at the last minute, when you think you're going to be voting for choice A and B, one is medically unfit, perhaps. Maybe one is psychologically unfit, and then uh, somebody else assumes power. And, and there's a number of variables to that. Uh, it doesn't mean it's a done deal. But it means uh, that you know there's a validity to your concern. There are there are, there are things going on in the invisible realm or the spiritual realm that involve principalities and powers and the dark unseen forces of wickedness and heavenly places interacting with powerful human uh, institutions and individuals, and that's what you're tapping into. Thank you for that, Paul. You know, I again, this is just my own, um, and I and I've been hitting my knees every night, asking the Lord for discernment, for um, clarity in this issue. And, and folks, by the way, those who listen to the program yesterday, I did place a call to Hillsdale College today. I'm waiting on a call back from one of their constitutional experts. In fact, the one who uh, taught one of the 
professors who taught the uh, Constitution class about the potential for a constitutional crisis should something happen and um, the, the various scenarios that they could play out. So I'm waiting for a call back for those who listened to the show yesterday. I believe it was. So, But, but thank you for that. Uh, uh, not so reassuring, but reassuring uh, uh, confirmation with respect to the uneasiness surrounding the uh, the, the ticket today. Well, the, the reason for this, too, also, is this... The, the, the globalist elite understand that this is the, and those people who are conservative that, that are on top of their game, this is the most important election in our nation's history. And there are things that will, will be passed into law and decisions that will be made that once they're made, they're going to be Essentially irreversible. We've come too far down the road, and this is like the the the, the last final window of opportunity. And if we don't recognize where we are in history, and by the way, not you know, ultimately, all of this is happening not because uh, of a particular president or a particular candidate, presidential candidate we may not like, you know. Um, they're simply actors on a stage. The reason this is happening is because the single most powerful force in American society, which is the supernatural Jesus, uh, the supernatural Church of Jesus Christ, which is composed of all people, truly have the Spirit of God in them and are walking with the Lord. That is the supernatural Jesus, uh, the supernatural Church of Jesus Christ. They were called to, to be the salt and light. They were called to exercise spiritual dominion over our nation. They were called to occupy until he comes. And they are AWOL. They're absent from the spiritual battle. And because they're absent from the spiritual battle, Soros and, and the Soros activist groups and the communist groups and the Marxist groups and uh, all of the kind of the globalist elite and everybody else are running in to... Uh, uh, fill in the power vacuum. So, um, if God's people will pray and seriously lay hold of God between now and the election, it, it doesn't mean that all these horrific things have to happen. See, I believe the Holy Spirit is, for those people that are walking with God and are listening to God, the Holy Spirit is giving them this sense of gravity or grave concern not for the purpose of inducing non-productive fear but for the purpose of leading them into high level intercessory spiritual warfare because whether people want to believe it or not we have a parallel dimension to the dimension that we live in and we have been given spiritual weapons and spiritual power to shape uh, to to a limited degree our future. So even though certain things may be planned by the powers of darkness, they can be stopped from execution. Let's look at the life of Daniel the prophet, okay? And this is critical that people really read their Bibles. And I talk about this uh, uh, specific story in A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, 
And the reason the book is A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017 is because 2016-2017 are, it's, it's game time. These are the most critical years in uh, America's history, and if we don't do what we're supposed to do, um, you know, all hell can break close. So, what did what did Daniel the prophet do? Well, Daniel the prophet um, went before God, and on behalf of his people, uh, the children of Israel, who were being held in, in, in captivity. So God's people were in captivity because they were worshiping idols and breaking uh, the laws and commandments of the Word of God. Kind of sounds like, yeah. If we can, let's hold this thought. Sure. We're coming up against the sure. break. Sure. So when we come back, we're going to okay. go right into the prophet Daniel. Fine. And, and, yes, exactly. And I just want to mention this. I want, I want to say, um, give a shout out to Frank, who is listening live from London, UK. Rita uh, from Seattle. James from New South Wales, Australia. Lisa from Frankfurt, Germany. So we've got uh, a number of people listening to this broadcast, both nationally and internationally. Uh, I want to say thank you, whether you're listening via Global Star Radio Network or on YouTube. Stay with us. Speaker and radio show host Paul McGuire tonight. Paul is very generous. He's giving away 10 free copies of his book, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016 2017, as well as three copies for the four DVD set, Prophecy of the Future of America. Folks, if you would like to be able to win a copy of the book or the DVDs, here's what you got to do. Between now and Midnight Eastern Standard Time. Send us an email at studio at hagmanandhagman.com. Spell that all out, hagmanandhagman.com. And in the email, put if you'd like the book or DVD set, give us your name and where we can send it to. We will pick 10 random winners for the book and three random winners for the DVD set. And we'll get back to uh, those people who win within 24 hours. Again, from now till midnight, you can send us an email at studio at hagmanandhagman.com for 10 giveaway books of The Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017 or three copies of the four-DVD set, A Prophecy of the Future of America. I want to thank Mr. Paul McGuire for being so gracious and for having a, a fantastic studio audience, or studio, for having a fantastic audience out there, um, the smartest audience in the radio world. If you want a chance to win, again, between now and midnight, studio at hagmanandhagman.com. We're talking with Paul, and before the break, he was getting into the prophet Daniel, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Paul, and let you start where you left off. Yeah, so... um I'm going to get into the prophet Daniel in just a second, but as we went into the break, <clears throat> I was think, I, I was just thinking, and I, I realized <clears throat> that um, between now and election time, 
people need to be prepared for anything, absolutely anything, because it is highly likely that there's going to be a series of very unexpected events, and some of these events may be very difficult to imagine that they could actually occur, but I think we're in for some very, very serious curveballs, very, very uh, uh, serious surprise events. I don't think anything's off the table, and I think people need to be prepared for literally absolute chaos and change and upheaval as we go into this election time. I think we're going to see an all-out intensification of a spiritual battle that's going to show up in this entire election process. I mean, all kinds of things are going to come on loose. <clears throat> and it's that's like, exactly what, Paul, that, that's exactly what I said earlier this week. Um, wow. Uh, talk about confirmation. Thank you again for that, uh, that insight. I, I do believe that we need to prepare for the unexpected, expect the unexpected, and be prepared for it. Yeah, you're right. And that's why the Holy Spirit was giving you that sense in your spirit and what you shared uh, is a confirmation because God you know speaks to, to multiple people uh, and, and when he speaks the same thing so people need to be prepared for anything and not be shocked by it no matter how shocking it, it may be and it may be extremely shocking and you may say well I can't believe that's happening here in America well it, it, it's going to happen now whether it, it takes effect or not uh, depends on uh, what I'm about to share. So Daniel uh, was in a, his nation was in a very very serious time. The people of God were in captivity, and he was in uh, um, the, the kingdom of Babylon. Now, here's the thing: because the 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 external situation was so bad, so much chaos, there was so much at stake. Daniel went before God and went on his knees first. So so before he ran out and did a bunch of things, he seriously engaged in spiritual warfare. And the way he engaged in spiritual warfare was he first came before God, repented of his sins, asked for forgiveness of his sins, and then as an intercessor, he repented for and lifted up the sins of the church and the sins of the nation. So he began by repentance, and there's nobody in your listening audience that is disqualified from making this kind of prayer. Yet they'll always begin with repentance. And then, as an intercessor, you repent for the larger sins. Uh, for example, the silence of the pulpit and the silence of the church in the time of crisis. You ask God to forgive us of that. Now, so he did that. And why it was important that he, that he did the repentance is because... In addition to all the political upheaval and the uh, other kinds of upheaval that, that was going on with God's people, there was a battle going on in the spiritual world regarding territorial spirits. Now, territorial spirits are biblical and they're real. They are the highest level angelic powers, either uh, on Lucifer's side or God's side, that are assigned very... Important tasks. So, for example, there is the Prince of Persia and the Prince of Greece that that was back there in Daniel's time, and the Prince of Persia 
is in charge of dominating and controlling entire sections of the Middle East uh, for Lucifer and for satanic rule. And then the Prince of Greece uh, deals with a great deal of Europe and uh, the Eurasian area, and it is a high-level territorial spirit in charge of controlling those geographic regions. So they they were blocking the power of God from being released. They were blocking God from sending a supernatural revelation to Daniel. So because Daniel interceded properly and engaged in spiritual warfare properly, and this is why I'm sharing it, you have to properly engage in spiritual warfare, because he, in, he repented to God, then Gabriel, which is one of God's highest level angels, said and came to him and began to give him the revelation that God wanted to give him regarding uh, God's people being uh, freed. And then uh, Gabriel made reference to the coming of Michael. And Michael is God's highest ranking angel, especially in terms of uh, overseeing Israel and that area of the Middle East. So what caused the, the, these demonic territorial spirits were in control. But when Daniel began to repent, that caused the release and the winning of an invisible spiritual battle where Gabriel was released to come to Daniel and Michael was released to come to Daniel. And it gave uh, Daniel the supernatural revelation uh, that God's people needed. And that speaks of uh, our time, too. So, but what caused what caused this this uh, victory in the invisible realm was the fasting and the repentance of Daniel. So that's not just some cute story we look at and say, "Oh, isn't that you know cute?" You know, uh, Daniel. You know, we kind of memorialize Daniel and say, "Oh, isn't he a great man of God?" And he prayed and fasted, and these angels came to him. That, if that's what you get out of it, you're missing the boat. The, it, it's a lesson. It's a lesson for our time right now in the specific situation that we're in, because above and beyond all the political uh, people that we're talking about and the powerful institutions and the globalists, above and beyond all that, is there's an invisible world, uh, invisible realm, with these high-level territorial spirits or demonic powers. So behind many of these organizations and billionaires and groups and some of them are openly Luciferian um, there's the activity of high level demonic powers called territorial spirits or principalities and powers now God is calling every Christian who will listen to him because the word says God look for a man or a woman to stand in the gap but he could find none but God is looking across America and in other nations in the world for people to stand in the gap. In other words, to begin to pray like Daniel prayed so that these demonic powers can be uh, blocked, they can be restrained, they can be uh, uh, stopped from carrying out all of these evil agendas uh, that we were uh, alluding to. So there's a number of de very demonic evil agendas on the table that we can't see physically, but they're there, and they're being energized by demonic forces. So if we concentrate on merely criticizing or attacking uh, the physical uh, uh, political uh, leaders, we're missing the boat. We need to go over them 
into the invisible realm and deal with the demonic principalities and powers that are controlling them and that are controlling the money. So we go back to the election. Anything's possible. Uh, anything could break loose between now and the election. So what is the church and what is everyone who listens to your program who calls themselves a Christian supposed to do? You need to begin to go before God like Daniel did, and you need to call on God and ask God to supernaturally intervene in this election. You need to pray for the candidates of both parties. It's not anybody's job to sit there and curse this candidate or another. Your cursing of the candidate will literally accomplish nothing in the invisible realm. It will, it will be a, a cheap event, venting of emotion, but it won't accomplish anything. The goal is to actually get your hands on the levers and buttons of supernatural power that is so great that it transcends uh, social bots, uh, organizations, and plots. And we need to cry out to God for a supernatural intervention in this election. If we do that, and if we do it properly, then God will release his angelic armies into America. God will release his supernatural power on the election, and God will give us... Um, He'll intervene. He'll prevent tragedy. He'll 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 uh, prevent a takedown of our nation. And to the degree that we lay hold of God, we could see some remarkable changes for good, and we could see our freedoms uh, and uh, the American way of life preserved for at least a, a temporal period of time. But you know, again, the ball is in in, in the, the court of God's people. And so before we stop today's program, I, I would like to lead the audience in, in, in a brief prayer, because unless we understand that these spiritual weapons are very real and that they're accessible, and unless we understand that we can use them, um, then we're not, going to, we're not going to block the things we want to block, and we're not going to release the things that we want to see released. You know what, Paul? I would, I would just like to... In, indeed, we need prayer, and I'd like to urge all of the, well, alpha males out there who, who who never thought that the spiritual would be manifesting in the physical. And I know there are people, there are men out there um, who, for whatever reason, were like me. Um, and, I, and until just recently, until I met and rubbed elbows with, Paul McGuire and Steve Quayle and Pastor David Langford and, and others, many, many others. I didn't really realize what was happening. So thank you, Paul, for pointing that out. And certainly any time you want to uh, lead off in prayer, you feel free to do so. Well, I want to add that, you know, <laughs> years ago, if you had talked to me about intercessory prayer, I would have barfed. I mean, I would have thought that was something old ladies did when they were knitting or something, you know, from an old ladies Christian prayer group. No offense to, to, to elderly ladies listening, but I mean, it certainly didn't sound exciting to me. But I'll tell you what, when I was praying, I mean, I, I've experienced many miracles, okay, many supernatural things that have revealed to me the reality of the power of God. I've experienced many things that unquestionably have revealed to me God's ability to supernaturally intervene. I've seen, not physically seen, the shape of angels, but I've been aware of the presence of angels being sent to rescue and deliver too many times. Um, so I know it's real. 
And so, you know, as I shared in uh, the first book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, um, on July 4th, 2012, I shared that the vision I had, and I didn't expect any. I mean, I, I didn't go into to, to, to the prayer with any ex- expectation. I was just being obedient. I was praying at my desk on July 4th, 2012, repenting of my sins. You know, it was not some big emotional thing. And then repenting of the sins of the church. And again, it was not some big emotional thing. I was just being obedient. But the next thing I knew, I was transported. I, I was set on fire. And then I was transported to looking down upon the North American continent where I saw a vision uh, of a revival and a third great awakening if, if, if God's people will repent and call on his name. But the, but, but the force, all I can say is people need to understand something. The force of the power of God and the presence of God, that force was so tangible and so real and so electric. And I'm not, you know, easily swayed by emotion. And I've had many experiences, but I'm not experience driven. I'm very analytical. I'm very rational. But when you've got the equivalent of a hundred million volts of a Holy Spirit hitting you in a flash, uh, you know it. You're experiencing something that you know you have no uh, words in your vocabulary to really describe. And and it, it's something that transcend. It's a transcendent experience that confirms the reality of an invisible realm and the need and, and, and the incredible power of prayer. So maybe if we have a couple of minutes, I'd like to lead in prayer, um, if you don't mind. No, please do so, Paul. And I and I just simply want to mention this verse. Uh, these people say, well, you know, I can only pray for somebody who's born again and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, it's interesting that God called Cyrus his anointed, and Cyrus was a pagan king, and God raised up a pagan king named Cyrus. He called Cyrus his anointed, and he called Cyrus his right hand, his right hand because he was looking for a man to basically... Uh, be a game changer, shake things up and free his people. And he couldn't find that kind of leadership among his people, so he chose a pagan king named Cyrus. So this this rule that God uh, will only work through somebody who's born again and fits the, you know, criteria of what a born again Christian is is not a biblical idea. God raises up pagans all the time to accomplish his to accomplish his will. So um, if you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report, I'm going to ask you to join with us in a brief prayer. And this is not a religious exercise, and it's not about emotion. It's about obeying the Lord. And um, when you obey the Lord, you get into synchronization with the Lord. And when you get into synchronization with the Lord, you release his power. And there's laws to the power of God and laws to God's divine intervention like there's laws in auto mechanics or, or computers or any other uh, area. So if you want to participate in this prayer, and if you want to call on God uh, for what is about to happen, would you please join us? I'm going to pray the prayer with my words, and I invite you to uh, repeat the prayer and uh, mean it. So Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you right now And we start with ourselves, Lord. Forgive us, each one of us, because none of us are worthy 
to go into your throne room. Each one of us are sinners, have sin in our life, so we ask to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ from all sin. And we ask that you would cleanse us with your blood. We thank you for forgiving us of all sin, and we receive your righteousness by faith in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we thank you that your word says we can come boldly to the throne of grace because of the blood of Jesus Christ to find an ever-present help in time of trouble. And, Lord, this nation is in trouble. So we acknowledge before you, most holy God, that America is in trouble. And we acknowledge before you, most holy God, that the primary reason America is in trouble is because we, the Church of Jesus Christ in America, the primary reason America is in an emergency situation is because we, the Church of Jesus Christ, have failed to listen to your word and have failed to obey you. We have not occupied until you come. You haven't come, but we didn't even bother to occupy We haven't been the salt and light. We have not stood up for righteousness. We have not taken our prayer assignment seriously. And Lord, to summarize it, we ask forgiveness for the the sin of playing church, which is making a mockery of the church. We ask for your forgiveness for participating in the sin of playing church and being a rebellious people. We have, God, invited judgment and destruction upon ourselves and for that we ask for your forgiveness and we ask not for what we deserve we ask for your grace your unmerited favor now Lord we come to you in the name of Jesus into the throne room of God where we approach you Jesus as the king of kings and lord of lords and the name of Jesus is above every name named in heaven on earth So we enter now by faith, Father, in the invisible realm into the most powerful seat of power in all the universe and the created order. We approach you in the throne room of God where you sit as King of kings and Lord of lords. And this is the supreme center of power, transcendent of the ballot box, transcendent of political parties, transcendent of dollars and billionaires and social bots and virtual worlds, transcendent of the press, transcendent of everything, because you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we repent for not believing that. So God, right now in Jesus' name, we choose to believe that you are who you said you are. You are God Almighty. And we come to you, God Almighty, on behalf of America in this this time of... Uh, Crisis and the greatest time in America's history. We come to you and ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, for your supernatural intervention into the selection and all that it entails. Lord, we ask that you would send your angelic armies into the earth and your angelic armies into America. We ask that you would topple the conspiracies of spiritual darkness We ask, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would dethrone the principalities and powers. We ask that you would strike down and paralyze the territorial spirits. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, as your people gathered together in unison, crying out to you, Jesus, we ask for mercy over our nation. We admit that we are at this place because of what we have done and ask for your forgiveness. Now, Lord... Between now and the election, we ask for your supernatural intervention. 
We ask that the plots of the powers of darkness would not prevail. We ask for your grace. We ask for your anointing. We ask, Lord, that you would give us the leadership that would bless and guide our nation and that you would expose all leadership to the light of your truth. We also ask, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would forgive our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ who justify their apathy and they justify their slothfulness through perverting and twisting your word and giving themselves a license to contribute in our demise by playing church and by super-spiritualizing their basic obligation to submit to government when the submission to our government, the basic ordinance is to be a good citizen, our government expects us to vote. And therefore, by not voting, we are not in submission to our government and we contribute in its demise. We repent for all of our brothers and sisters. We repent for every pastor and Christian leader and denomination that would raise its voice in keeping your people asleep and apathetic or would not use its voice in compromise and denial. We're at this place, Lord, because we chose to be here, but now, God, we ask that you would intervene, send your power, send the power of the Holy Spirit on America and give us a third great awakening and send a biblical revival and let the power of God come down upon our cities, our political um, activities and intervene in this nation and give us grace for all the potentially explosive things that were that are going to happen. Give us the grace to deal with it. Give us the wisdom and then crush the works of darkness. Pulverize the works of darkness so that they can't come to full fruition. Derail the works of darkness. We ask this humbly in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Fantastic prayer, Paul. I want to thank you for doing that. Um, something that's not done too often on our show <clears throat> is uh, prayer. You know, we have the power, Joe, and, and listeners. We we do have that power within us, as Paul has pointed out and so eloquently stated in, in, in the prayer. And it's up to us. You know, I often say, and, and Paul, you, you just really verified this, I often say that, change won't come from the top down it's got to come from the bottom up it's got to it's got to originate from within each one of us in order to really be effective and i think that that your vision of this this great awakening has its roots in in the potential in in each one of us and it's up to us to to now take the mantle of leadership whether you're a a man the leader of your family or whether you're a woman, for for instance, uh, w- without any support, you still have a role to play. And we have to play our roles, our positions. Sometimes it, all it takes is just to show up. We can win on the numbers. We can win by the demographics. But most assuredly, in my view, we can win if we approach this with sobriety and, um, well, knowing that God... We have to be on God's side. And I think after that, yeah. God will be on our side. We have to be on God's side. We can't do it our own way. We have to do it in a way that the Lord leads us to. And that can only be accomplished through a personal relationship with Jesus and through reading the Bible on a regular basis and getting into the Word of God, allowing the Lord to work in you and through you 
And as my dad said, you know, showing up or opening the book and reading it is, um, you know, 90% of the battle. We're uh, too often sidetracked by distractions, whether relevant or not, and our own personal lives and emotions. But we have to get past that and become stronger as individual people for the times that are approaching, which are uncertain to say the least as the evil continues to rise in this nation. Folks, we'll be right back with our final hour with Paul McGuire. Us. A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, his latest work, The Babylon Code, which Paul referenced earlier in the broadcast, a critical piece, a critical book, um, uh, just so much information, all of Paul's works, just absolutely fantastic. And, and that's not false flattery, that's not, that's meant from the heart, as someone, um, as, as someone who, who loves to read and loves to read about current events, loves to read things that uh, are important, Paul McGuire is a prolific author and a great friend and a man of integrity and character. PaulMcGuire.us, folks, that's his website. Visit there. Make sure that you subscribe to anything you can. Wherever Paul appears and, and Paul appears in person, many places. If you can make it uh, and you get a chance to rub elbows with Paul McGuire, I suggest that you do so. You're hearing him tonight, and um, you're hearing really a man of God. Uh, his knowledge is really incredible in terms of uh, what he knows as a biblical expositor and, of course, as a, as a professor. Yes, professor. So uh, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners, all of our viewers. We will be back on video tomorrow night with Jim Mars. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone who's helping us grow our studio. Uh, we're nearing the point where we can actually get people, um, actually have pe- people featured interactive video-wise here in the studio. Uh, that piece of equipment that, that we have, uh, we are longing to purchase yeah, that's pretty expensive. Uh, in fact, uh, it's more than more than my uh, last used car. Okay, uh, in, in terms of cost, so we're we're trying to button that up, and hopefully, in the next uh, couple of weeks, we'll have, we'll be able to to secure that piece of equipment, and you'll have an entirely new, different experience watching and listening to the Hagman and the Hagman Report. But thank you all for your support, your prayers, and your kindness. Without further ado, let's bring Paul McGuire back. Paul, thanks for bearing with us during this break. Go ahead, sir. Sure. You know, um, the, the, I did all this uh, research. The research has been going on for decades, and it's in the books you mentioned, in Mass Awakening. It's heavily in that book, because Mass Awakening unveils the psychological, the spiritual, 
the scientific mind control, <clears throat> things like emotional contagion where you spread an emotion over the Internet or through a, a targeted culture <clears throat> to create uh, a revolution or disillusionment or whatever. There, there's so many highly sophisticated technologies and sciences that cause people to think in a particular way or to act in a particular way. And it's really the embodiment of uh, Alice Huxley's scientific dictatorship or the, the expression, the technocratic elite. So, <clears throat> you know, when you analyze all this stuff, and uh, it, it can be overwhelming, and it, it is overwhelming because of the sheer magnitude of it and because you got to deal with the fact that you think you understand science and technology, but the reality is that it's 100 years to 200 years uh, more. It, 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 the, the technology that you think is 100 years to come in the future or 200 years to come in the future <laughs> is available now. That's why I laugh at all these uh, uh, these movies I watch where there's the CIA and surveillance because the reason I laugh is because they're showing you technology that's <clears throat> 25 or 30 years old. And so a camera is this size or they have a, uh, a drone that's an insect, but the reality is that the technology is far beyond. I mean, the, the, the audience thinks, wow, they have this technology, I can't believe it. But the technology that they really have is so far beyond what they're showing, it's ridiculous. So I asked myself the question over and over again. I said to myself, this technology, when you think about it, you, you walk away with the feeling of uh, helplessness, which is a bad thing, because when you understand the nature of scientific uh, psyops or psychological warfare, the basic premise of modern psychological warfare is that you, the goal is to absolutely convince your enemy or your opponent that there is nothing they can do to defend themselves. Resistance is futile. The only thing they can do is surrender. That's the purpose of psyops and psychological warfare. So if you put that paradigm on this all-encompassing surveillance, the social contagion, social bot, algorithm, Pokemon Go, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, social media system, it appears to be very daunting. You know, the rigging of voting machines, the, the rigging of the media, it appears to be overwhelming. But if you, but, but here's the point that I'm driving at. That's the targeted uh, game plan, is, is to overwhelm you or dazzle you kind of like, well, shock and awe. When Iraq was invaded, they, they put on a, a, a light show uh, that was called shock and awe of bombs, explosions, and detonations that basically uh, effectively demoralized the enemy before they invaded Iraq. But first they used shock and awe. So if you're going to convince any population that, that it's essentially useless to, to go against the flow... Uh, you're going to overwhelm them with facts and statistics and news items about this technology and that technology. So, but, but if you're not careful, the average person will draw the conclusion that they're impotent and that there's nothing they can do to change things. And then, then you're defeated. And God never intended his people to be defeated. So 
the only way, and that, and that, by the way, what I'm talking about is what we mean by an American matrix, uh, a virtual world reality. But that idea that there, it's hopeless, there's no way out, there's no way you can make a change, is it, a false conclusion. And so, <clears throat> when you really study the Bible, not from the traditional religious perspective, but when you open up the Bible as it's intended to be opened up, and beginning, for example, with the Tower of Babel being an interdimensional portal and stargate, then moving up into the Flood of Noah, where it's a targeted DNA digital holographic uh, judgment against uh, interspecies breeding uh, from fallen angels, and then it's all about reproduction, uh, being fruitful and multiplying, and then when you you keep running into these biblical stories, you know, uh, Jacob's ladder is a entrance. It's a it's an entrance into another dimension. And uh, when you read the book of Revelation and you see all kinds of what appears to be technology and DNA, you discover that the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is really not some old fashioned boring religious book. But the Bible is cutting edge uh, in its examination of genetics, DNA, uh, holographic reality, virtual reality, supernatural power, multidimensional reality, uh, DNA, and all kinds of things. So then when you open that up, and that is supposed to be opened up because it's sound Bible teaching, you then begin to understand that God has given his people supernatural and spiritual weapons that are um, that can overcome the the matrix that we're talking about this all encompassing matrix reality with the social bots and everything appears to be you know it's just like a Goliath you know, I wrote a book called Standing Down Goliath because again I wanted to deal with the fact that it is possible to stand down Goliath and I use the story of David uh, confronting a Nephilim giant Goliath and the fear of God's people. And the odds appeared to be a million to one that David could do anything against Goliath, but because he was anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit, he defeated Goliath. So in the last days, which we're in, and in uh, the days where Bible prophecy is being unfolded, which we're in, <clears throat> God knew that all this technology was coming. So he didn't leave, he, the point is he did not leave his people naked and ashamed in the middle of a spiritual battle. He didn't desert his people because he knew all this was coming. So when Jesus Christ, for example, says to the Laodicean church, which essentially is the church in America, uh, he rebukes them because they're neither hot nor cold, but because they're lukewarm, he says he's going to vomit them out of his mouth. And then he says to them, uh, he wants to anoint their eyes with eye salve or restore their spiritual vision. And then he continues on by saying, so that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Now, I just want to touch on this for a second because it has everything to do with technology, science, social media. It has everything to do with the election. It has everything to do with how do you actually affect real change rather than just... Uh, counterfeit change how do you how do you really transform things 
And I just want to touch on this biblical concept of nakedness. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God by rejecting the word, uh, they activated the law of sin and death or the death force. And Lucifer uh, took their power and took became the temporary God of this world. So what was the result? The, 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 the result was there was like a fuse blown the power of God that was being transmitted into Adam and Eve 24-7, the fuse blew out when they activated the law of sin and death. They became powerless, and the manifestation of their powerlessness was that they uh, were naked and shamed. Now, you fast forward to uh, the book of Revelation, the, the symptom or evidence or manifestation of a last day's church, the church of Laodicea, the, the primary manifestation of its powerlessness uh, due to its unbelief is that the shame of their nakedness may not be revealed. So we see a continual theme in the Bible of being clothed in the power of God's might, being clothed with power from on high as a very real tangible energy. It's the spirit of God. It's the dunamis that, that supernaturally bathes and clothes God's people and enables them to do things supernatural, supernaturally with great power. This is how David defeated Goliath. So here we are in the, in this incredible battle zone. We have to, we have to lift these truths from the scripture about the nakedness thing, and the fact that God wants to clothe his people with power from on high, which he did in the book of Acts. So, what is the need for the church in America? Because, you see, America has a key role to play in Bible prophecy. God is not yet finished with America. God may end America in the future, but for right now, uh, at this present moment, God is not finished with America. So, the only way for God, because this is the way he chose to play the game, the only way for God to drive back the forces of darkness and to preserve our freedoms is that his people have to show up. But his people have to show up to the battlefield, the spiritual battlefield. They can't show up naked. The American church for the last 100 years has either not shown up on the battlefield or has shown up on the spiritual battlefield naked which is equated with being powerless, not being clothed with power from on high. So if we're going to affect and drive back the, 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 the demonic power that controls the, 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 the billions of dollars of money and the social media and, and everything else that's ready to rip this nation in shreds and, and plunge it into a colony under the New World Order, we're going to have to access this supernatural power. But in order to access it, we have to understand we're not talking about a bunch of religious mumbo-jumbo. We're not talking about, you know, sitting in a pew, uh, reciting uh, the Virgin Mary prayer, or, you know, uh, Our Father who is in art in heaven. We're not talking about some archaic, super-religious ceremony Christianity. We're talking about a cutting-edge Understanding of spirituality that under, that integrates multidimensional realities with the dunamis power of God, with the authority and the integrity of God's work. I know that's a complicated statement. I don't, I don't know how to say it any simpler. 
You know what, Paul? I, I don't think that was too complicated. I, I think I think that was very exquisitely and eloquently stated. Um, and, and those who are listening will get it. I really believe that. And, and it's it's important that that to me the, the way the way you stated it, the way you framed it, and to talk about the dunamis power, absolutely. So I mean, um, again, very eloquently stated. Well, I appreciate that. You know, um, uh, Trump has a new, uh, I guess, is this, what's his name, Bannon? Is that um, Steve? Uh, um, yes. Uh, the, uh, can't, um, the, the Breitbart guy? Oh, yeah. Um, the, the one that Trump just put in as... Yeah, uh, I think it's Steve Bannon. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll double check here, but his last name is Bannon for sure. It's B A N N O N. So right. then I think you're right. Yeah. So the media went berserk, calling him the most dangerous man in America. <laughs> well, <laughs> the reason he's the reason the liberal media is calling him the most dangerous man in America is because he's the biggest threat to their agenda because. Uh, I'm not saying I agree with everything he does, and I'm not saying I agree with the style in which he does it, but he's effective, and he produces results. And so he, he's a threat to the establishment and the globalists. So, of course, they would label him the most dangerous man in America because he's a threat to the fact that they, they have the system rigged. And he is, again, I don't agree with everything he does, but he's highly effective in the packaging of his presentations, his films, his videos. Uh, you know, he understands the media, and he understands how to get around the stranglehold of the, uh, of the media. So whether you agree with him or not, he, he he's, has proven effectiveness in delivering results. And so that requires skill, it requires knowledge, it requires understanding, and it requires a really savvy, deep understanding of the way social media works, how it integrates with news media, film, uh, and other forms of communication. Now, why I'm saying that is the guy has paid the price. So you read his bio. He's a, uh, been an investment banker. He's done films. Uh, he's paid the price in his career to be a formidable fighter for what he believes in. And, and, it, whether it's spiritual warfare or it's the, the usage of social media and communication warfare or psychological warfare or idea warfare or whether it's organizational warfare, um, it requires that the participant or, or the person that's in the game be skilled or the Olympics. You know, watching Michael Phelps swim is like, to me, it's like, it's a, it's a spiritual experience. When I watch Michael Phelps swim and I see him put on his gloves, it's like he's in slow motion. You know, he, he's, he, he shuts out reality and he's motivating himself by this music and stuff. And you can't dismiss him as a nut. He's perhaps the greatest Olympic athlete of all time. But the reason he's above and beyond all the others is he's paid the price and he has disciplined himself uh, to be uh, an, an Olympic athlete that really knows how to get the goal. In the same way with spiritual warfare or whatever you're involved in, but specifically spiritual warfare, those same principles 
um, have to be embraced. If you're going to be a religious nut, that's cute and quaint, but you're basically powerless. If you want to release the supernatural power of God, you have to have an openness to it, a willingness to it, and you have to be willing to pay somewhat of a price in terms of learning about it and testing it and, uh, and, and using it. And you'll discover that the supernatural power of God is not some, you know, apparition of the Virgin Mary appearing on a, a building outside of the, some church in, in Mexico. Releasing the supernatural power of God is based on the laws of God, which, which revolve around faith. Those that come to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So the, the law of releasing God's power and the law of, re, of receiving God's forgiveness and the law of releasing supernatural intervention into the election or the law of any release of God's power always revolves around the primary principle of faith. And that can be faith like a little child or faith of, of a mustard seed. And so, you know, God wants people to play the game who know how to play the game. These other people are playing the game seriously in their given disciplines, like Bannon is playing hardball, not softball, in the area of film, social media, etc. Um, Michael Phillips is playing hardball in the area of swimming in the Olympics, and so the release of supernatural power should be played with that same hardball mentality. Do we lose your ball? No, no. I just. Oh, ran. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I. The, You're I having I some issues here. Yeah, actually, right. at the same time you stopped talking, our uh, both uh, Joe and and my computers just just went black. So I thought I thought we had a system failure. Okay. Wow. No, uh, you're exactly, I mean, this is perfect. And, and back to Steve Bannon, uh, as well. I, I don't want to reach, go over and retread ground that you went over already. Um, the, it, it's interesting to see this evolution of the, the political evolution, but more importantly, the, um, uh, the insider baseball here, which I think is relevant to the extent that when, when you look at this from a, a, you know, a view from a cruising altitude, a view from 35,000 feet, you can see in my, at least in my view, um, I think God's, well, God can use, as you pointed out earlier, God can use leaders. He can use people that you would not ordinarily believe, uh, that can be used or, or wouldn't, you wouldn't expect. And I think that's the case here. As well as his new campaign manager, um, I can't think of her name, but uh, uh, but but I think I think we're seeing this evolution of things with respect to the political landscape that will have. Uh, I don't want to get too far off the trail here, off of your trail that that, that you're going, but but I, but I think what we're seeing here is just a a, a remarkable um, series of events that has the finger God's fingerprints as well as um, exposing more, and perhaps this is the point I'm trying to make, what we're seeing here is this epic battle between good and evil and, and the spiritual manifesting and the physical. And I think a lot of people are not, and especially Christians, they're, they're not grasping or understanding at what uh, what they're seeing. I don't know. I'm not sure if that made sense, Paul. No, no, you're exactly right. This, this, this time period we're in 
is uh, the most serious time period we've ever been in. We have, uh, I mean, look at the news reports. ISIS is officially targeting churches all across Europe, the Middle East, and they're going to target churches here in the United States. So that means that their game plan is to burn down and murder Christians. ISIS, whether you like them or not, they're playing hardball. ISIS um, uh, is 100% committed to their cause. The evangelical church is maybe 15% committed to their cause. So based on, on that data of commitment to a cause, purely from secular terms, not from moral or spiritual terms, who deserves to win? The person that's committed 100% or the, or the people that are committed uh, 15%? See, God's people have, and this is sin that has to be repented of. It's part of, you know, repentance. It's admitting, okay, this is what we've done. Now we've got to change it. We have to, we have to really get in the game 100% because history demands it. The, the, the Clinton uh, team, Bill and Hillary, aside from what they believe in and how they do what they do, they are very serious hardball players and there's no way that any political couple could have survived and continued to run for election surviving what they have unless they were again this is not saying I, I like what they did or I, I like how they did it but they play serious serious hardball and there's something there, there's something in the evangelical Theology uh, that that encourages individual Christians to play what I call wiffle ball or softball or to play with weakness, as if being weak is synonymous with being Christ-like. And I think the misunderstanding of that truth uh, regarding commitment and the usage of power and the appropriation of power. Where you have this this idea, see, first you have the thought process and and the intellectual framework, and that spills out, and the ideas and the ideas create consequences. So why is the is the is the church being so weak in the battlefield? It's being weak in the battlefield because it first has has embraced a non-biblical weak theology. It's a base. It's a, the theology of passivity, retreatism, and it non-biblically glorifies uh, fatalism and uh, not not true engagement, and that is a violation of biblical principle. It's like yeah. the the gay movement. You know, the gay movement uh, began in uh, well, officially took off in a big way in Manhattan. Uh, at, a, at a gay bar called, I think it was called Stonewall, okay, where they decided they weren't going to take it anymore and they rioted. So they have the political power that they have because they play hardball. They organize, they follow, That's right, Paul. and they raise yeah. money. We're up against the, the break, and you're right. There's a difference between being meek and being weak. We'll be right back with our last segment with Paul McGuire right after this.
great example of the power of prayer, the power of prayer within our own audience is right here. Hey guys, it's, uh, Officer Sean calling it. I, I knew as soon as I saw that on, on the, <laughs> I knew it. Uh, we've been praying for your safety, and we've been thinking about you a lot since. Uh, uh, well, I called in though. specifically to say thank you, not only to you guys, but to everybody out there who does that. Um, about a month ago, you had Greg Evenson on, and I had kind of sent you guys a little Tom Shot email real quick, um, and you, you know, I asked everybody to pray for us out here. Um, no more than three hours after that uh, show ended, I had a man try and kill me by running me over with his car, and I got in a officer-involved shooting. So uh, I was down in mere inches, and you know what? I think that you and everybody else asking to pray for us out here, um, I think that made the difference in me being alive or dead. Officer Sean, that was Officer Sean. All right, that was Officer Sean from Iowa. Uh, folks, if you don't believe in the power of prayer, well, that's a testament to it. There it is. Our guest tonight, Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us. What an anointed program, I believe. Uh, Paul is, is really on fire tonight, um, my goodness, talking about the importance of our decisions and our spirit-led decisions. Paul, without any further ado, we're going to get right back to you. Go ahead, sir. Well, I was very glad to hear uh, that gentleman call, and thank you guys for praying for him, because it was obvious that without those prayers, something very bad could have happened. So so something very bad that could have happened was averted and blocked because of prayer, and, and you illustrated it. I believe that uh, in tonight's program, I feel, and I feel this very strongly, I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking very strongly and clearly to many of your listeners right now and they can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and they can hear God uh, talking to them, maybe not in an audible voice, but they can feel that pull in their hearts, they can feel that inner sense that you were talking about Doug earlier in the show in their, in their, in their spirit and you feel the call of the Holy Spirit on you right now for a reason and the reason is that our nation is in the greatest sense of urgency and the greatest spiritual battle since its foundation. And what's going to happen in the next three months is going to determine the destiny of America, largely uh, until the, the, the Lord returns. And so the Lord is issuing a call. He's issuing a demand. And anybody with any spiritual sensitivity listening, you can feel the finger of the Lord pressing on your heart. You can feel the presence of the Lord talking to you. And with that uh, sense of the presence of the Lord talking to you, the Lord is asking you. I believe that the Lord is asking people. He's asking you, will you join him? Will you accept your role? Will you take up his burden? Will you take up your cross and follow him? Will you accept the role as an intercessor and a prayer warrior? Will you accept responsibility? Will you listen to him? And, and will you uh, commit to him? Now, we're talking about commitment. Will, will, will you com- The call of the Lord is going out tonight, but 
when the Lord calls, he's asking you for a commitment. And I believe the Lord is speaking very strongly to many people and in many nations and many states. And the Lord is requiring of you to make a decision. And he's asking you to commit to him at a deeper level, <clears throat> to give your life over to him at a deeper level, to surrender to him, and then to make yourself available to listen to his voice on how he wants you to pray and how he wants you to act and how he wants you to communicate in these next uh, several months because they're critical. And you can't underestimate the enormous amount that God can do through just one individual who will accept that divine call. So I believe that the call of God is going out through his spirit. And there are many people, countless people, that you sense the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is not condemning you. Uh, the Lord is calling you. And I want to pray for you right now because I want to invite, this is an attitude of the heart. It's, it's a bowing of your inner man or woman before Jesus is Lord. And it's a willingness to give yourself over to him on a deeper level and to make yourself available to him because he wants to use you, even if it's just in prayer, in the next coming months. And the decision you make, you don't realize how powerful these seemingly small decisions are. The decision you make could affect the outcome of what's going to happen in the next couple of months. So I want you to pray with me in a prayer of uh, answering the call of the Lord right now. Just repeat this prayer uh, after me. If you want to answer the call of the Lord, and if you do want to answer the call of the Lord, then pray this prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I acknowledge right now that I hear your call. I know, Lord, that the Spirit of God is touching my inner man or woman right now, and I sense the presence of the Lord all over me. It's almost like the sense of vibrating. And, and I feel this, this sense of vibrating, but it's really the, the presence of the Lord resonating upon my heart and my inner man. And I know that, God, you're touching me now, and you're, you're calling me to surrender to you. So, Jesus, I may not totally understand what this is all about, but I choose to surrender to you at a deeper level now. I choose to commit to you on a deeper level. And I choose, Lord, with an act of my will, to be open to you speaking to me and telling me what you wanted me to do in terms of praying and social media and my actions. I make myself available to you, Lord. I am sorry that I have stood on the sidelines. The hour is late. I'm sorry that I've stood on the sidelines. And I choose now, in Jesus' name, to answer your call. And so, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would come upon every person who has obeyed your voice and responded to the call. I pray that the power of God would come upon them and that you would anoint them and equip them supernaturally for what you're going to call them to do beginning tonight. And even, even if it means that you're going to wake up people in the middle of the night with a burden to pray for a political candidate or a burden to pray for our nation. 
that you will obey the Lord. And if the Lord wakens you up in the middle of the night or during your activities during the day, you're not going to just blow the voice of the Lord off. You're going to respond and do what the Lord tells you. And I pray, Father, that the blessing of the Lord would be upon every single person who has chosen to make that commitment. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. Powerful prayer. Uh, I'm telling you right right now, the the spirit of the Lord is moving very strongly all across your audience. It's like an electrical feel. I can feel it. I I can feel like I'm plugged into this uh, electrical field that, that is going worldwide and all across the United States. And he's using your program, the Hagman and Hagman Report. And the reason he's using your program, uh, and this is a classic example, simply because you guys chose to be available. You made this prayer, early, you know, years ago. You chose to be available. You chose to open yourself up to be used by God. And as such, God is honoring your program, and he's using your program and it's it's like a conduit, and I feel like I'm plugged into a, an electrical field of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> all over this nation and in many quarters of the world. I feel I feel like I'm I feel like that my spirit man is somehow attached to the, the body of Christ, and I feel this enormous sense of spiritual power moving um, invisibly throughout the earth. And through our nation, and I feel this enormous, enormous sense, sense of spiritual power moving into people's lives and causing realignments in in the invisible realm, driving back demonic powers and entities, releasing uh, uh, God's angelic armies. I, I feel like we're tapped into a uh, a power grid, if you will. And this grid did not go down. This grid can't go down. This is a grid that no EMP can take down. This is the grid of the kingdom of God. I feel like we're all tapped in to the grid of the kingdom of God, and he's flowing his power, which is the dunamis spirit of God, all over the place. So I don't fully understand it with my intellect. I'm not going to pretend that I fully understand it with my intellect, because I don't. But I at least comprehend the enormity and the sense of power and the surge of divine power and the sweet surge of release of the Holy Spirit that is, is moving. There's a, there's a power flow. There's a, there, there's a release. There's a divine surge and it's a divine surge of goodness and it's a divine surge of virtue and it's a divine surge of the Spirit of God and it is releasing, uh, many things from the kingdom of God, such as angelic armies, such as favors, such as finances, such as open doors, and such as the driving back of demonic powers. You know what, Paul, you reminded me just as you were talking there of uh, Joe and I met you in Orlando. Uh, we had an extended conversation, a private conversation in, in the hotel down there, and we we had spoken about just this topic. We had we had discussed this um, this use uh, of our platform, and uh, you know you know folks. I just want to invite everyone, and I mean this, invite everyone listening uh, to join Paul Paul McGuire in his weekly uh, or in, I'm sorry in his radio broadcasts as well in the daily the daily right, 6 p.m. Right, every right. Thank you. 
uh, wrong, wrong terminology, but 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 you know, uh, Paul, you have been such an inspiration to us, and in, in your work as well. I mean, it seems that we have a symbiotic relationship, not just with our guests, not with not just with you, but with our audience and. Our audience is such a big part of this, and people, I, sometimes I, I don't think people understand the difference between our program—not to elevate our program above others, but our program where we 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 have wonderful guests like yourself um, talking about current events through a biblical perspective and bringing in that power of our Christian faith. Wow, we can we can do everything through the power of God. And I, I just I would like I just want to invite everyone to tap into that power, into that spiritual spiritualness. I, I I just I am just overcome really at this point by by that feeling that, you know, yeah, things are bad, but it's through God that we can prevail and will prevail. And thank you for giving people hope because we are not given that spirit of surrender so thank you for all of that and again this stems back to the conversation that we had in the motel room and just being just spending that that quality time with you to understand that that we do we we have instilled within us that power if we just use it and again my invitation to every listener out there to do the same so thank you sir and i remember that uh meeting we had uh, I actually remember like it was yesterday I, I remember uh, I mean, like it just plays out of my mind very crystal clear and in relationship to your audience as you know I do a lot of conference speaking and I meet your <laughs> I meet your audience everywhere and there's there's as I've said before they're they're very diverse uh, and they don't fit any particular stereotype but they have uh uh, a common characteristic of uh, being plugged in, enthusiastic, of being aware, and uh, uh, the, the, the audience, it's a joy to meet your audience, because they're unlike any other audience. They, they are, they're, they're, to put it bluntly, they're a force to be contended with, <clears throat> and they're exceptional. Uh, they're they're cutting-edge people, and there's a dynamism uh, to them. And, you know, like you said, God put all this together. I mean, we couldn't have possibly orchestrated it. You couldn't have possibly orchestrated it. And I, and I feel even now as we're talking, with the risk of being repetitive, and I'm not trying to be repetitive, but I, I feel that the heaviness in the air has been so oppressive, and we've all been battling it because of what's going on in our nation and what we're seeing on, on television daily, uh, that, that there's been a heaviness in the, in the atmosphere that we've all been battling spiritually, but I feel that on tonight's program, <clears throat> there is a this this even now as I'm talking, I feel this continued release and surge of God's power uh, going forward uh, through the airwaves, the internet, through your program, and there's this continued surge and release of His power, and uh, those people that are being touched by this surge of God's power and they're opening up to it, they're, they're welcoming it they're not resisting it, they may not understand it but they're welcoming it they're being filled with this surge of God's power they're being touched by the, God's power and 
um, I feel very strongly that one of the reasons the Lord is allowing for a, a, a supernatural release or surge of his power through your program at this moment in light of what's been going on is because one of the byproducts of the surge of God's power that's happening right now, there's a deep, tremendous surge of God's power. And what God's doing through his spirit is he's breaking the uh, oppression off of people. He's breaking the heaviness off people uh, from all the stuff that's been fired at them through the media, etc. And he's taking... He's, he's supernaturally infusing his spirit in people's hearts because there's a lot of people who have heavy hearts, uh, have been somewhat depressed and anxious because of what's going on, and, and battle-weary, and we all get battle-weary, and uh, somewhat fearful and dismayed, even though we're not supposed to. We all face it. We're all human. <clears throat> but the surge of God's power for those that will receive it is filling them with supernatural, a supernatural strengthening, a supernatural fortification, and a supernatural uh, joy and peace, and a supernatural sense that God is real, he's alive, and he's very much in the business of defending his, his remnant church and, and protecting his people. So I believe there's a very real surge of God's power going forth, and people are, are literally drinking it in like a sponge. They're thirsty, and they're drinking it in, and they're being filled and refreshed. And you can't process it intellectually, because it, it, it may you may experience it intellectually, but it's happening on a spiritual level. It's the rivers of living water that flow out of our inmost being. That, that are flowing freely in, in another dimension, refreshing you and strengthening you. And I believe, that, to summarize it, that this, what we're experiencing collectively, uh, is the blessing of God upon your audience, upon your guests, and upon this community that gathers together under the name of the Hagman and Hagman Report. I believe the supernatural blessing of God is being poured out upon us Simply, not because of our goodness, but simply because we opened the door for his blessing to be poured out. So I believe there's a, I believe there's a continual flow of supernatural blessing being poured out. And don't try to figure it out intellectually. Just right now, enjoy it. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, enjoy it because it's, it's, it's touching people and you need it and I need it. That's right. I think aside from, you know what's going on in the political arena people who are finally beginning to see that the writing is on the wall that evil is in, is rising in this nation and they are seeking answers and the lord is definitely moving um as you know people are opening their bibles and are are praying for discernment and understanding and we see that this country Regardless of who wins the election, there is a, a movement of evil that is unlike anything we've seen before in perversion in this country uh, and the world. And we are only at the beginning of what is to come. And I think people are starting to really understand that if everybody doesn't take an individual effort to get right with the Lord and make that relationship, uh, put that relationship first, then they're in trouble and, and people are you know, turning away from the, the normalcy of the churches out there that 
offer the interfaith movement and the uh, just the corruption they're, they're they're placating and going along with this corrupt uh, worldly system and, and because the the church is embracing the world instead of uh, the lord people are are starting to slowly see and wake up and understand that these are times unlike any other and that they need to be in a position that is on the right side and that's with the lord and yeah, well, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and that's why before Jesus left his disciples, uh, he said to them, it's better for you that I go away, because they were disappointed that he was going to ascend into heaven. <clears throat> he said to his disciples, it's better for you that I go away so that the Father will send the Holy Spirit and the Comforter and the Helper. And when we were talking about that surge of power, that's the Holy Spirit, the Helper, and the Comforter. Because there's no way that any of us, including myself, <clears throat> the, the, the challenges and the battles ahead are so far beyond our ability to deal with them. But when we're filled with the supernatural power of God, and when we're not relying on our own finite human strength and resources, His supernatural power will truly give us the supernatural ability to overcome where we would not be able to overcome on human strength. And when, when, when people tap into that, when they, when they finally get a revelation that the only way they're going to uh, be victorious is to really learn how to tap into the supernatural power of God, then they will be supernaturally equipped to overcome uh, in the spiritual battle. Because you can't do it by willpower and grit and, you know, uh, good intentions. You have to do it with the power of God. Amen. And I love the fact that you pointed out we can't intellectualize this. Um, we we can strategize, we can evaluate, analyze all day long the political landscape, the people, the plans and objectives. But when you at, at the at the end of that particular tunnel or at the end of that rope. Uh, exists the the real meat of what's going on, and that's the spiritual battle that's taking place. That's the spiritual that 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 really is is behind in in, in folding everything that we see that we're seeing taking place right now. So it's important for us to understand what we're seeing. I think through the lens of both scripture and biblical prophecy. And, and you do you're you're a fine teacher. And a fine example of um, just that, how to do just that. And, and through your writings, too, folks, uh, The Babylon Code, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, uh, all mass awakening, fantastic. So, um, And that's not to just merely uh, mention books for the sake of selling books, but that's for educating our audience. And, to, um, and if you haven't done so, boy, folks... Uh, all of Paul's works are fantastic, and uh, I've learned so much. The Babylon Code, by the way, really lays out where we're at today and why we're at where we're at today. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I mean, I'm honored by the uh, encouraging words, and uh, they can find out more uh, about a lot of resources at the website paulmcguire.us, including the, the radio program. The daily radio program, and uh, we all have, as you've said many times, Doug, positions to play. And uh, these next three months, it's more important than ever <laughs> that we Man, play. Man, you got that right. Yeah, yeah. 
only 80 some days away from the election um and you know Boy, things are happening real estate in between there yeah, yeah from the turning over the internet to uh just a number of of issues uh with what's happening the military buildup of russia uh yeah. near the ukraine border um, right there is just so much that is happening uh, and folks again paul mcguire is generous enough to to do a giveaway uh for those who may not have heard it uh, he's given away 10 books, The Prophecy of the Future of America 2016, 2017, as well as three DVD sets from A Prophecy of the Future of America. We're going to pick 10 winners at random for the book and three winners for the DVD set. Uh, just send your name and where you want the, the books or DVD sets sent to. And after midnight tonight, uh, we'll take all the emails before midnight and we will tomorrow get back to the winners and send those right over to paul and we will get those out to you and we want to thank you paul for uh, being so generous and um, giving our audience the chance to to get your books and your dvds um, just by listening tonight and yeah thank you so much man you you are very gracious and what a great offer there's a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and a lot of uh, a lot of work that you put into your latest, and we want to acknowledge that. Well, you've you've done it. Uh, you've taken us through an entire program. It it goes by too quickly, yeah. but but I know many people have been blessed by your appearance tonight, and we just want to say thank you for for being part of our program, a major part of our program, um, for 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 as long as we've been on air, and and. Thank you for sharing everything that you've you've shared and and really instilling a, a, a great spiritual hope in all of us, including me. Really, I, it's 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 an amazing thing. Thank you, Paul. Well, thank you guys, and uh, I encourage your audience to really pray for you guys because you're on the front lines, and to pray for all the guests that appear on your program because they're on the front lines. Because those prayers, like when you prayed for that guy, you played the tape. Uh, they really, they really do matter. So, I can, I always consider it a privilege when I'm invited on your program, and I always seek the Lord because I don't want to get up here and just blab out of my own mind. <laughs> I always feel the Lord wants to do something, so I always say, God, you know, I need your help, and I need you to, to guide me and direct me. And I'm very thankful for your program and your audience. And thank God that we still have the freedom to do this, you know, because people Amen. are being hurt all over the world. All right. Fantastic. Paul, thank you so much. We're at the end of the program. Good thank night. You. Thank God you. God bless you, brothers. Bye-bye. God bless you, too. Wow, folks. Paul McGuire. I mean, tremendous broadcast. Never disappoints. And no. always uh, with a very timely and important message. And just to be clear, folks, those people who are emailing studio at hagman and hagman.com for the uh, book offer from Paul McGuire, you've got until midnight. We will take, we do have a uh, uh, random generator program, Eric has, to be more specific. And we will input the all the emails into this random generator. I'm not even sure of the name of it, but. And only uh, one email per person will be right, uh, submitted. Right. So. Well, yeah, that's correct. And you'll be notified tomorrow by showtime. Okay, by showtime tomorrow, you'll be notified if you have. The winners will be notified uh, by showtime tomorrow. But yeah, uh, and yeah. speaking of tomorrow, Jim Mars, guest Jim Mars. He's going to be. He's a first-time guest on the Hagman and Hagman Report, 
an excellent researcher, author, guest of several radio shows, and has done Numerous. tremendous work in his uh, in the last ten years that I've uh, known he was around, and um, it's going to be such you, an insightful you know and different program tomorrow. Tell, tell everyone you know because they having spoken to Jim Mars off air, Joe. I mean, it's going to rock the house. So please, folks, spread the word among your family and friends about tomorrow's program. Absolutely. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in tonight. God bless you out there to all the Hagman and Hagman listeners. We'll see you tomorrow night with Jim Mars. And thank you, uh, listeners. Thank you, Global Star Radio Network. Thank you, BTR. God bless.